0: Welcome to this episode of the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast, where we look at trends impacting mid-sized companies and the influencers behind their success. I'm Larry Guthrie, director of communications with ACG, and I'm here with Katie Mulligan, the magazine's editor. Katie, who did you talk to for the podcast this week?
1: Hey, Larry, I talked with Pat Morris, the president and CEO of ACG Global. Pat joined ACG back in December, so this is our first time having him on the show. And I asked him about, you know, what he was doing before ACG, some of his priorities for the association, including a number of uh, public policy initiatives, as well as uh, how he is finding Chicago, where he is relocated in order to to join our organization.
0: I think this is gonna be a great conversation for not only our ACG members, but those in the middle market community to kind of hear more about the ACG's positions in public policy and where we're headed. Um, I guess without further ado, Here's Katie speaking with Pat Morris.
1: Pat Morris, thanks for joining me on this Middle Market Growth Conversation.
2: Happy to be here.
1: So to start out, you joined the Association for Corporate Growth in December as president and CEO. Can you talk about your background and what you were doing prior to ACG?
2: Sure. So I have been running uh, trade associations for the last 20 plus years. Uh, Mostly in financial services, started with insurance agents out in the Midwest, uh, and then have spent a lot of time in DC, whether it's in technology uh, or retail, credit unions, and most recently uh, in the credit and collection space, uh, running, uh, running that trade association. Prior to that, I was a government regulator. I spent uh, time as a marine officer and um, um, I've had a fascinating journey and happy to be here.
1: What appealed to you about joining an association that represents middle market M&A as opposed to another type of industry trade group?
2: ACG is an exciting opportunity for me. I've been involved, as I mentioned, in financial services for quite a while. But the contributions that middle market businesses make uh, to the U.S. economy, the number and diversity of businesses in this space, the fact that we're growing jobs, the fact that there's an understated narrative as to what we do and what we do for the economy, it's all exciting.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I've spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C. I like to say I've done two tours there, or did, uh, now that i'm in chicago.
1: Using marine lingo? Yes.
2: But the um the, you know the opportunity uh to help with the narrative to look at you know what the appropriate level of regulation ought to be uh in the middle market space uh, and to help tell the story of middle market growth. I my sense is it's it's been understated uh by decision makers in the nation's capital and i look forward to helping to uh, straighten that out and tell our story.
1: And expand on that a little bit, what are some of the specific issues that ACG is keeping an eye on for its members?
2: Well, I was fortunate. I started in early December and a couple weeks later, uh, the first significant tax bill in 30 years got signed. So a lot of the heavy lifting uh, was done uh, over the past number of years by ACG and ACG's coalitions, but there's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be done with the SEC. There's a lot to be done uh, to help advance uh, the industry. Uh, There are a lot of issues out there. There's great work that we're doing in best practices with our private equity regulatory task force, and I look forward to advancing all of that.
1: Mm And you mentioned earlier that you know you bring quite a bit of public policy experience to this role. Can you talk about a little bit more about your past experience in sort of that arena?
2: Sure. So I um, I came to Washington. Uh, initially, worked in the Pentagon with twenty six thousand other people. But but shortly after coming there out of grad school, uh, I was picked to work on the legislative affairs staff for the Secretary of Defense. Mm-hmm. So I got a fascinating glimpse into how uh, the world of D.C. works. Um, in fact, I think I got my first lesson in, uh, in one of the truisms in D.C., that if you're not at the table, you're going to be on the menu. Uh, from there, went over and worked on Capitol Hill in the U.S. Senate uh, and in my association career, have been involved in one way or another um, on the public policy side, whether it's representing the association uh, directly as a lobbyist, whether it's working on best practices or, or issue areas, whether it's working on international trade related to public policy, either, either directly involved or certainly keeping an eye on things. And it's an important uh, area, I think, for every trade association in representing their members uh, to focus on. Uh, the advocacy doesn't go away, and if you don't take care of your members and somebody else is going to have some sort of construct on, on what ought to happen to them. So it's important to stay in front of decision makers, and it's probably more important to educate decision makers on what it is uh, that our members and our businesses really do.
1: Hmm. And to that end, are there specific initiatives that you're looking to either expand or introduce for ACG?
2: There are, there are a number, and a lot of good work that's already been done. One, as I mentioned, was the Private Equity Regulatory Task Force work and our best practices and expanding that group and expanding the knowledge, whether it's regulators or other folks in D.C., as to the work that's been done uh, by PERT. Mm-hmm. We have a fledgling uh, political operation as far as a political action committee uh, and having members involved uh, directly, we want to grow that. We want to grow our leadership summit, uh, which we have in September. We want to continue to be able to communicate in, in both directions, not just with the folks who make the decisions, the governmental level that affect our members, but communicating back uh, to our members on important things that are happening either in the news uh, with possible legislation, uh, with with regulatory initiatives uh, that may impact their businesses.
1: Mm-hmm. And since joining ACG, you've attended a number of conferences put on both by ACG Global as well as its chapters. Can you talk about some of your experiences with those?
2: Sure. So actually, before I joined, I had the opportunity to get uh, over to Eurogrowth, which was my first uh, event and really got to see at the at sort of the ground level that ACG really is truly a global organization. There are massive opportunities uh, in our space in Europe, uh, and I think it's an important way for ACG members to connect. Uh, I have told the board one of the big things that I think is important for me is to be able to get out and see the members and have already gone to a number of chapter events. And I think the, um, the heart and soul of ACG is with the, with the members and, and the chapters. And the importance of networking uh, to the industry can't be understated. Uh, there are wonderful places for, for members to come together, maintain relationships that they need uh, to thrive in their businesses, and I would tell you, it's a model uh, that's very successful, uh, but, but with a lot of trade associations uh, has gone in the other direction. Mm. That local networking, that one-on-one, a lot of trade associations have drifted away from it. The mm. same with uh, our communications and, and increasing our voice in the middle market, whether that's through our flagship magazine, Middle Market Growth, uh, through social media, uh, through telling our story to the mainstream press. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very heartened by all the great work that's already been done, and we have a great foundation uh, to build on and thrive. I also, in um, in the short time that I've been here, have seen a number of uh, interesting initiatives, uh, like the CDO initiative uh, that I had talked to a group uh, of influencers at uh, ACG St. Louis mm-hmm. uh, a little while back. What a great source for peer-to-peer interaction and best practices among, among the corporate development officers. Uh, and that initiative is being carried forward to other chapters and it's, and it's one of the things that we're looking at here in global uh, to, to be able to grow and enhance.
1: And on the topic of networking, um, ACG's Inner Growth Conference is coming up on May 2nd through the 4th in, in San Diego. This will be your first one. Can you talk about what you're most looking forward to about that event?
2: Sure. It'll, it'll be my first Inner Growth. I've lost count of the number of uh, annual conferences that I've been to in, in my association career, uh, all the way from uh, shows and events that had 20,000 attendees which is a lot of people to get through, yeah. down to some smaller ones at the state level. But a lot of what uh, has gone into the planning and the success of Intergrowth, uh, it's, it's parallel to what I've seen in a lot of other trade associations. It's a great opportunity uh, for folks to get it, get together. I'm really looking forward to, to meeting as many attendees as I can, mm-hmm. to the keynote address by Jeff Immelt, to seeing all the panel sessions uh, and continuing like a sponge to soak up the specifics of our industry content, whether it's, you know, by ACG members, our partners, our sponsors. I think it's just a wonderful opportunity uh, to, to get a lot of knowledge for all the participants uh, in one spot. And I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to it and it's and it's going to be coming up on us uh, quickly I found over time that um, you have one conference that's um, that's coming up and you have three others that are all in the planning stages Uh, so it's a continuous cycle but what a fantastic event and the team here does a wonderful job. Uh, of communicating with the members, all of the great content and great networking there. So I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Mm-hmm. And Eurogrowth is following kind of right on the heels of, of Intergrowth too.
2: Yeah, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And then the leadership meeting shortly after that. Yeah. The good thing about San Diego is that uh, there's probably not a chance that there's gonna be a snowstorm. Yes. In
1: May. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, can you talk about a memorable moment or two that you've had since joining ACG?
2: Well, I have certainly been counseled by um, a lot of people who who scratch their head and wonder why I would choose to move to Chicago. Uh, you re- in relocated the middle of from D.C. Yes, okay. my my uh, relocation. I'd like to say I've I still have sort of one foot in both areas, but I've been to Chicago a lot over the years. Have never uh, lived here, and it's been uh, it's been an exciting. Uh, transition. I did get a bigger coat at Christmas which I found was uh, was important and I'm looking, I'm actually looking forward to the better seasons as all the Chicagoans have told me the spring and the summer coming up. Uh, The team's been great, all the members that I've met have been great and it's an exciting, um, it's an exciting organization And everybody is optimistic about the future Mm -hmm. uh, and and when we're going. I've I've also learned, I don't know whether this is true, but um, a cab driver told me that I could eat at a different restaurant in Chicago for every meal for the rest of my life. And still not hit every restaurant in Chicago, <laughs> so I think a fitness regimen might be important yes, yeah, and a little bit of <laughs> uh, a little bit of discipline. But it's uh, it's very exciting, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Has the move uh, impacted your professional sports team loyalties at all?
2: It has not, because my formative years were in Cincinnati, okay. so I. Uh, what is it, um, hope, um, hope over experience in following the Bengals that, uh, I don't expect too much after, uh, uh, setting the record on playoff losses. So, uh, I've been told by some of the Chicago fans that, uh, they've, they've had some similar experiences. Yes, you'll but, find some uh, like-minded fans yeah, here, I think. So, <laughs> so it's not like, uh, uh when I went to grad school at Kentucky and the expectation is that there's something wrong in the cosmos if you don't win the tournament every year. We don't quite have that expectation and um, uh, certainly with the Bengals and my understanding is at least with some Chicago sports teams, there's not that expectation. Yes, uh, anymore hope either. prevails. <laughs> yes, yes, but, but a great, great town and, um, yeah. And, you know, with technology, you can follow more than one team now. Yep. So. Yes,
1: absolutely. Um, one final question. Is there something that you've read recently that has inspired you to think differently or, or changed your opinion on an issue? We like to ask our podcast guests what's on their nightstand and uh, what they're thinking about.
2: Wow. Uh, what a great question. Nothing, nothing specific, but I, I can tell you in the past few months since joining the industry... Uh, it's been amazing to me uh, to sort of um, uh, to sort of peek behind the curtain and and understand the dynamic of a lot of companies you see mm-hmm. the companies at the mall the you know the companies back in uh, in Maryland, and who uh, they're actually uh, owned by and mm-hmm. to sort of understand the history that it, that, that in a way a, a layman wouldn't from the outside so it's added another dimension uh, to to um, uh, to my reading uh, and certainly in looking at news stories uh, and I sort of look at companies differently with uh, you know I understand it a lot more Mm -hmm. uh, which is which is very interesting it's it's uh, it's something I found in in every group I've worked with until you're actually sort of in the middle of it you don't appreciate Uh, sort of the full dimension and depth.
1: Great. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Pat Morris, thanks for joining me on the podcast.
0: Happy to be here. I'd love to come back. Let me know.
1: Absolutely. Thanks again.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. Subscribe to the podcast in the iTunes store where you can listen to past episodes and hear the next episode in two weeks. While you're there, we'd love if you could rate the show and leave a review to help other listeners find out about us. After you've rated this show, head over to our companion website, middlemarketgrowth.org, for more stories about successful mid-sized companies and middle-market M&A.